Good morning. Welcome to the MedPoint Health Half Hour. Ron Young, your host here, joined across from me by my co-host, Garrett King. Hello again, Ron. Hello, uh, Thamesford's own uh, prodigal son. That's right. How is things in Thamesford? Is it colder there than in London generally? Uh, it's, it's about the same. Okay. Uh, we get fairly uh, similar weather to, to London. It's growing. Um, it is growing. You Do know. you have a, a corner store now? <laughs> <laughs> couple gas stations, uh, subdivision, more houses going up. Good. It's just, okay. it's always on the go. So we'll shout maybe, out to uh, the people in Thamesford because we love wherever you're listening in from. Uh, you know, we have people, I have people email me from Tilsonburg. Uh, Dutton, surrounding areas, so not just London, but thank you wherever you are for tuning in. Pleasure to have you along here. Garrett, uh, when I, we were kind of queuing up and preparing for the show, the one thing that I had mentioned earlier in the week with Craig Needles was I wanted to focus on kind of how to equip yourself well for winter and how to make sure that you can still stay active while getting around snow, ice. Well, guess what happened <laughs> just yesterday? <laughs> So you go to bed and it stops snowing, and then you wake up and what a surprise! <clears throat> it's like a just a big dump of snow. But you know, I think it shocks everybody. I think the biggest uh, curve to uh, adapt to is the driving curve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody who hasn't got their winter tires on. But um, you know, I I want I wanted to take this time to really make, uh, especially as Canadians, understand. Yes, it is a burden to be able to shovel snow, have to drive through terrible weather and stuff. But if you can truly embrace Canada, the cold, the activities that, that we do in the cold, winter can actually be a rather enjoyable time to, to be active and to have fun. Well, we might as well learn to enjoy it, right? Because we have to deal with it for you know a few months of the year. Yeah. Um, but obviously, there's lots of things that you can do outside to, to stay active and you know, uh, one thing we're going to talk about is is how to stay warm and keep your body, um, you know, at a good temperature and and uh, you know to keep your health, you know, in good shape. Um, yeah. So basically, you know, we're saying there's really no excuse to be able to to be outside and stay active throughout the winter. Absolutely. And the one thing that I wanted to kind of showcase on on, on this uh, half of this show was uh, just orthotics because runners will run no matter what. I actually really like running in the winter time because I find it's like a bit of a challenge and I also like that the crunch of the snow and like you know what I mean yep. it's kind of and I I really hate going for runs and being super sweaty and that's probably the main reason why I love running outdoors in in winter time because the body right it's cold outside you don't sweat as much mm-hmm. to keep yourself cool and it's just a good balance I feel yeah it's uh you know, it's great to be able to do that. And, uh, you know, they say you can actually burn more calories um, running through the winter when your body's cold because it has to work harder to maintain your core temperature, yeah. right? So, um, you know, definitely good to be able to do that. And, uh, you know, there's lots of things, obviously, that we can do, um, you know, sports-wise and, and mm. be out- outdoors uh, doing winter activities. Uh, well, you're, you're, you're a hockey guy. Yep. I'm a curling guy. One of those sports is far superior than the other. <laughs> we won't say which one. We'll let the listeners uh, have that rattle around in their head yeah. to decide. But, um, you know, those are great active sports. One probably more so than the other, and that's <laughs> the obvious one. Yeah. But, um, you know, I really like getting out and, and doing something like that, like curling or uh, like hockey. I take my kids out and I, bo- I like um, bobsled, <laughs> I wish. Uh, uh, toboggan toboggan there it is and that is a great workout you're lugging them up the hill you know you're going down the hill having fun it's it's great 
for sure. What is there any other winter activities you like to do, Garrett? Um, I used to be really into skiing and snowboarding. Nice. I used to be a skier when I was younger, and then I kind of got into snowboarding with with friends and stuff because that was the cool thing to do. And when you're a younger guy, but yeah. um, still do it occasionally. But uh, you know, if that's something that you're into, that's obviously great exercise and, and a lot of fun to be out doing that. So, yeah. Um, but it could even just be as simple as you know taking the dog out for walks regularly. You yeah. know, like you said, spending time. Outside with your kids is always great exercise. And well, let's let's talk about how to prepare because one of the things I like to feature on the show is a, a little bit of advice for for how to dress, for how to combat against the the weather. Right. So, um, like one of my first tips, if you're a runner, first and foremost, having the proper footwear is going to be key for you. Having footwear that is resistant to water. Uh, because yes. you don't want to get home at the end of the run and your feet are soaking wet. It's going to take forever for them to to warm up. And not only that, but but also making sure that you layer, making sure that you know you're not going to sweat as much, but you also are going to start out pretty cold mm-hmm. until you get up to that level. So, a lot of people who don't have success running in the winter are those who don't dress properly. And and I'm talking, you can shed a layer and tie it around your waist or, or something like that, but at least have it available. If you, you know, get to a tough spot, you need to slow down and take a break. You're not going to get really cold. Yeah, exactly. My parents always told me when I was younger that you can never overdress for the winter, but you can certainly underdress, right? If you, right. if you have too many layers on, you can always take off, but if you don't have enough and you're out you know, for a run or you're out doing whatever all day yeah. and you don't have that stuff with you, then you're stranded. So, um, you know, it's important to, to just take those precautions and make sure, um, you know, if you're going to do uh, one thing, make sure it's overdressed and then yeah. you can always take it off if you need to. Yeah. There's actually, so uh, I'm from Godrich. Shout out to Godrich, which is probably a lot smaller than Thamesford, I would imagine. Uh, probably not. Thamesford, no? I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. It'd be uh, similar. Runners in Goderich, uh, the one thing that we always used to do is because it's such a, you know, lightly populated town and there's not a lot of people running because quite frankly, it's Seniorsville. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> retirement, retirement, community. retirement community. There it is. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we would always stash stuff along the route. So if I knew I was going to do that route, I'd, I'd toss a water bottle in the log and, mm-hmm. you know, I'd have it ready for me to, you know, in the wintertime, it'd be an ice cube. But same thing, though, with garments, right? I could drop a, a scarf or something like that off and know exactly where it was. So then later that day, I could go back and I, I would know I could claim it. Yeah, that's you, a great you idea. You saw stuff along the path and you just knew it was somebody else's so you didn't touch it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think uh, it just comes down to planning ahead, right? And, yeah. And being... Uh, you know, proactive with that and just and just uh, looking out for yourself and making sure that, that you have that stuff available if you need it because mm. you just never know what kind of uh, cold temperatures and weather we're going to get throughout this winter. Absolutely. And if I can actually touch on one of the services that we offer that would actually help you out a lot with this, it's our gait scan analysis. It's our orthotics and custom footwear. We do that on-site at MedPoint. Michelle Weber's our orthotics specialist. We also work with a pedorthist, Jonathan Matthews. They are both Excellent people, very professional. And I'll tell you, Garrett, one of the things that you want when you're running in the winter is balance. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially <laughs> you when you're, uh, <laughs> that's kind of obvious, but uh, especially when your feet are cold, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, you want to be able to have a good, uh, solid foundation for your feet because that, you know, they're, they're a little bit more vulnerable through the wintertime. And, yeah. and if you don't have a, uh, 
you know, the, the right orthotics and you're doing running and, and that kind of stuff through the winter when the ground's a little bit more uneven. Absolutely. Um, you know, you can be in a little bit of trouble. So it's important uh, to have proper orthotics and take care of your feet. Yeah. So this gate scan analysis, you can come in, you can book an appointment, or if you have enough demand for it, if you, got, if you work with 10, 15, 20 employees, we can come on site to you. You know, we'll scan all of you guys. It's uh, Orthotics is commonly uh, covered within benefit programs, and it's a great service. But it'll keep you balanced. It'll keep you upright. It'll help to correct flat-footedness, plantar fasciitis, a whole gamut of stuff that you don't want to be suffering through in the wintertime because you want to be able to stay active and be active, right? Yeah, I have a ton of, uh, of clients that have had um, foot issues in the past and, and uh, you know, different injuries with their feet. And it has come down to orthotics. And, um, you know, I've referred them to Michelle. Uh, and she's got them um, proper orthotics. Uh, you know, they do the gait scan, and she can she can tell, um, you know, what areas of your foot uh, need improvement. So uh, she can see orthotics, and it just makes a world of difference. So Absolutely. definitely something to look into if uh, you're going to be outside a lot in the wintertime. Yeah, yeah. So if you wanted to book in for something like that, it's mweber, W-E-B-E-R, at medpoint.ca. There you go. Or you can shoot me an email, ron at medpoint.ca, and I'll triage it off there to Michelle. But she's great. And again, if you need the higher level of coverage, uh, Jonathan Matthews is a pedorthist. I'm sure he would be happy to look at you and your feet. <laughs> all right. Uh, that's all the time we have for the first half of the show. But when we come back, we're going to be talking, Garrett, a little bit about how increased in, increases in TV time actually uh, tra- translate to higher sugar and caffeine intake in teenagers. Very interesting topic. I would say that it's probably a great assumption, but let's dive into that article when we return on the MedPoint Health Half Hour, 980 CFPL. Hey, welcome back to the program. It's a pleasure to be with you. MedPoint Health Half Hour, 10 a.m. on Saturdays. It's great to be able to talk about health, lifestyle, stories, and I'm joined by Mr. Garrett King. Thanks for being on air with me today. Thank you for having me again. It's it's a real pleasure. Oh, later in the week, you get that dump of snow and it just deflates you, eh? Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you get the warnings uh, yeah. that it's coming, but but it never really sinks in until you wake up in the morning and see that out there and it Absolutely. just, just disheartening. <laughs> if, if, I can, if I can give our fitness division uh, a shout out right now, those, uh, uh, those of our clients who continue uh, physical activity throughout the, the fall months and, and stuff like that, are obviously less susceptible to core injuries and shoveling injuries, back injuries, right, uh, than those who aren't exercising. So if that's a concern for you and you want some proper tips on how to work your core in a proper orientation, we have a medically integrated fitness program, and it's awesome. It's professionals who know how to work with you, and uh, you can strengthen your core before more of the snow falls, and maybe maybe you got a, an hour or two of shoveling ahead. You want to make sure you, you uh, can endure that. Uh, we can put you through a couple different workouts and make sure your core is strong in preparation for the extra snow that's going to be falling. Yeah, we all know, you know, people that that hurt their backs and have injuries from shoveling because it's, you know, it's taxing on the body. Um, but you know, the well, it's str- such a different movement too. That's right. You, you don't, haven't done you don't it for really train for it. Eight months, and then you go and you do it a lot. Exactly. And you kill yourself. Um, it's it's not something that you really can can train for too much, other than just to be overly strong and. and you know, be be healthy and active, yeah. um, and that's going to be, um, you know, the best way to prevent these injuries. But um, you know, there's a lot 
obviously that goes into to shoveling and making sure that your posture is good and, and you're lifting the right ways and stuff. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you have a strong back and a strong core, like you said, uh, that's going to help a lot. And uh, All we, shovels now seem to be ergonomically friendly, eh? Well, that, that's good because a lot of people, you know, lift with their back and, and not their legs, right? And, yeah. and, and those things happen. So I think over the years they've gotten smarter with, with the design of the shovels, which has is, is probably helped a lot of people. That's true. Um, Garrett, the one thing that I wanted to chat about today was just kind of intake while we're watching television. Garrett, what is your go-to guilty pleasure? You sit down on a Saturday Ooh. night. Um, Saturday night's all right <laughs> for fighting. And you're watching the Maple Leafs lose, as usual. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> What's your go-to food? What, 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 what do you usually gravitate towards when you're watching movies or um, hockey or something like that? You know what? I'm not a huge, uh, like candy person or, or anything like that. Um, I would say probably my go-to if it's out is, is like some chips or yeah, something, something like, like that. that yeah. Um, just a little feel good snack, um, popcorn, something like that. Yeah. Something to munch on, right? While you're, while you're watching TV. Popcorn's a decent snack actually. It's not too bad. Yeah. So I obviously try to avoid it as much as possible, but sometimes those things come out. It's, yeah. it happens, but, uh, you know, I'm not huge into a lot of the, uh, you know, junk food and candy and yeah, stuff like, yeah. like some people, but how about you? Uh, you know what? Usually my wife and I, like if, if we know we're going to be watching a movie or something like that, we'll, we'll do it upright and we'll get like a, a small thing of apps or something, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, we'll make our own jalapeno, uh, poppers or something like that. Yeah. That's um, good. Yeah. It's kind of, or she, she just likes popcorn straight up. Like she loves it. Yeah. And then there's definitely worse, worse things to eat out there yeah. than popcorn, but you know, as much as you can limit that, then uh, you know that should be the ultimate goal. But it is nice to have that that treat every once in a while. Absolutely, and nor should you have to deprive yourself, right? I mean, if it's once a week or something like that, mm-hmm. go for it. Uh, the one article that we're looking at was actually uh, McMaster University and California State University. Uh, they looked at the relationship between time spent on electronic devices and the amount of sugary soft drinks and energy drinks that kids were consuming. And what they found, Garrett, was for each hour of watching TV, it, it was associated with an additional seven grams of sugar intake from soda or energy drinks. So the kids, grades eight to ten, the sample size they were studying, they're going towards sugary drinks and, and caffeine drinks, the, the energy drinks. They're you know not snacking out as much on on a lot of the. Uh, candy and stuff but like it seems to be that the drinks are what is what they're going to it seems like they're more and more popular these days too right <laughs> with with energy drinks and all those uh you know sugary beverages yeah uh, it seems to be a, a very popular thing in the younger age these days so uh yeah i found this article a little bit surprising as well because i thought um you know it was a little bit more normal to be having the sugary snacks and things like that that you know we were were uh used to um, but yeah, it's, it, uh, definitely is a little bit eye opening that, yeah. that the drinks seem to be the more popular option these days. Well, and I think like, especially when you watch a movie or when you watch sports or something like that at length, the boredom factor comes into play. You, you know, mm-hmm. you're watching for a long period of time. You want to do something with your hands. You want to munch on something. You want to drink something. You want to do something. And, uh, you know, the one researcher was saying that, um, it's distracted eating. So there's lots of lots of di- distracted consumption, or perhaps even 
the commercials that you're seeing and viewing are going into your subconscious and saying, Ron, go get a Michelob. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's right? let's be honest. When we're sitting on the couch watching uh, you know, a sports game or a movie, we're we're not eating because we're hungry. Yeah. We're not eating because we're or drinking because we're thirsty. We're drinking and eating because it's something to do and we feel like we need to have something while we're enjoying the Absolutely. TV. Right? So And that well while we're talking about that, Garrett, that's a great tip for everybody. Have a healthy, good sized dinner. Have a small nighttime snack, like either Greek yogurt with a bit of berries or something like that. And you won't want to go to the the cupboard looking for stuff. And when you do go to the cupboard looking for stuff, hide it. If it's in your cupboards, you're going to eat it. Don't bring it home from the grocery store. Have your your snacks uh, planned out. And and that is the biggest tip that I could probably lend in this situation. Exactly. I think it's important to make it as inconvenient and as difficult as possible to have access to these, um, you know, unhealthy snacks and stuff. Uh, We touched on it during our Halloween episode uh, about loading your kids up with a nice healthy meal before they go out trick-or-treating so um, you know so that they're they're, they're not eating all their yeah. candy uh, the night they get it right so um, you know it's kind of the same idea mm-hmm. um, you know if you're gonna be out watching a movie or, or enjoying the TV um, if you're already filled up on on a healthy meal you're less likely to, to eat uh, as much unhealthy food so yeah. um, just just a little tip and something to keep in mind uh, going into the weekend here I think the other thing too and this is one of the last tips I'll give. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm still coming off this call. It's been over a week. My goodness. Uh, really is is measuring and, and portion controlling mm-hmm. because people buy a chip bag and they dump the chip bag into the bowl. They yes. have no idea if they've eaten half of the bag or a quarter of the bag or three quarter of the bag. And, and we all know you can't you can't just have one or two chips. Once you get going, it's That's right. It's a downhill slope. <laughs> and you know if you pour them into a smaller bowl or perhaps only buy the snack size chip bags when you're at the store, you're already going to be a couple hundred calories ahead Mm -hmm. at the end of the night. And by ahead, I mean not, you know, (laughs) not as far behind, not as far (laughs) behind. Yeah. I think, I think what you said about, um, you know, buying the smaller bags is important because I feel like a lot of people, even if they, they buy the bigger bag and they only fill up a smaller bowl, um, they're just as likely to go back and refill the bowl, right, uh, if you have access to it. So, um, you know, portion size is a huge thing. We talk about it, um, you know, many times. We've talked about it on the Thanksgiving episode as well with the um, smaller plates that automatically um, are going to decrease your portion size. But um, if you can, you know, use a smaller bowl, have smaller portions that way, um, you know, that's going to help you in the long run. So just, just something to think about for sure. Well, have the healthy alternatives at least available to yourself or plan it out. Be like, you know what? Friday night is going to be my night. I'm going to just, that's going to be my snack night. Time to let my, go a little bit. snack on. <laughs> yeah. But the other six days of the week, you got to be disciplined. You got to, you know, it's all about that balance. It's all about trying to, to make sure you're progressing towards your health goals and, um, and, and really making a positive impact on your own life because, it's it's night in, night out, poor eating, drinking alcohol, uh, you know, high sugar, high caffeine, and we're running ourselves into the ground in a society where we're so on demand, so plugged in. If you continue down that road, you're going to get a year, two, three, four years down the road and all of a sudden have extra weight on, potentially uh, devastating health symptoms uh, of disease and, and whatnot. 
so just make small choices that have positive impact more frequently throughout your day and you will be on track uh, to, to, to make good changes in your life. Couldn't have said it any better myself. I think it's also important to realize, um, you know, even if you're not drinking as much alcohol, um, you know, realizing that um, pop, other caffeinated and and sugary beverages aren't uh, doing you good either, right? So, um, you know, just because you're not, maybe not drinking all the time or or having those um, alcoholic beverages doesn't mean that you can just result to or uh, resort to pop and these sugary drinks because because yeah. they, they have lateral move you know yeah they have those uh you know negative health effects as well so yeah. just trying to be smart be smart be smart that's and, right uh, yeah good point on that that last point garrett like if if you're trying to you know reduce consumption of alcohol or, or pop or something like that Maybe do it with a water or maybe like a, a carbonated water because you want that fizz, you know, mm-hmm. that fizzy kind of drink. I know it's not as much fun and it might not be as enjoyable, but your body will thank you in the long run. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today's show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and you can uh, visit our website. It's medpoint.ca and uh, join us next Saturday for another great episode of the MedPoint Health Half Hour on AM 980 CFPL.